Good evening and welcome. It's Friday night. TGIF. Welcome to the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. This is the show that we affectionately call... Oh, there's Britt. Look how pretty he looks. This is the show that we affectionately call the four-pack, but notice that we only have three of the four-pack, which is the reason for the delays. I'm not sure what happened to Providence, uh, Britt, but Britt is... uh, is frantically, frantically looking, yeah, frantically looking for a substitute replacement for our good friend Providence. Not sure where the wires got crossed, but uh, I hope everybody's got a great weekend plan. I do want to take a second and just thank our good friend Matt Couch, who uh, had me on his program earlier today. So if you're joining us from that program, if you caught that earlier and you decided to check out this program, welcome. The whole idea here is that we uh, we kind of take a look at the, the headlines of the day from a Main Street perspective, not a DC insider perspective, not a uh, true media expert perspective, but really just a layman's perspective. Uh, I, I don't think any of us would consider ourselves to be uh, experts in any particular thing. So we just look at it from real life circumstances. And that's kind of the whole I mean, deal. I'm an expert in destroying relationships. Okay. Well, do you, do you use that expertise when you comment about the news stories that we talk about here, Brett? Yeah, sometimes. Why not? <laughs> you do. Okay, good, good. By the way, I just want to mention something about YouTube. And I think folks started noticing in the last couple nights, I don't know if it was last night was the first night or maybe two nights ago, but uh, we no longer can set up the stream ahead of time. Usually I try to have it uh, ready to go at least a half hour beforehand so people get a notification at the half hour mark with enough notice to jump in uh, long before the show starts. With this new arrangement of software and bringing Getter into the fold here, we can't do that anymore. So... I don't think there's any notification or the ability to find the stream until we actually initiate it. We actually go live. Just so if people were curious about what was happening there, that's what it is. By the way, uh, welcome to everybody in Foxhole as well. Good to see you all. All right, let's get started. As Britt works to fill that fourth big blank spot uh, on our screen here, I want to talk a little bit about something that Britt was really, really upset about. He was texting me first thing this morning. I, I, I could feel the tears in his eyes through his text. And you know, that's a difficult thing to do. Hey, everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate and spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. No, seriously. Um, Britt was very, very concerned. He'd heard rumors that Barry Manilow was pulling his catalog of music from spotify in sympathy with neil young turns out that's true i did hear that turns out that was a rumor and barry manilow has spoken out and said no that is not happening all of barry manilow's hits are still available on spotify uh brit i'm sure that came as a great relief to you knowing how important barry manilow's music has been in your life yeah, you know, and I have a personal story about Barry Manilow, actually. Do you back really? Back in my 20s. Yeah, back in my 20s. And I, I did that job for a long time, part-time. But I used to do security at concerts here in Southern California, uh, the Yellow Jackets. And it was a, you know, it was a subcontracting security company, so we did all the arenas. Anyway, uh, working at Irvine Meadows, I was backstage. And uh, it was when I first started doing that job. And I'm, you know, guarding a door type of thing. And we were all told that, 
when Barry Manilow and his family comes walking by, we are to look at the ground and we are not allowed to look them in the face. Really? Swear to God. What a asshole <laughs> dude was. I mean, pompous, arrogant, I'm better, my shit don't stink, asshole. I had to do that three nights in a row. And all three nights in a row, the same instructions, blah, blah, blah. Here's your passes. Don't let these in, da, da, da. And when Barry Manilow or family is walking by, you do not look them in the eyes. Wow. Oh, you know what I did every time they walked by? Did you look right at them? I looked those motherfuckers right in the eye. I looked right at them. Did they give you a dirty look? Uh, They weren't happy. Oh, wow. They weren't happy. But you didn't get fired, so you you survived that. Hey, Kimberly, Kimberly, what do you think about this whole idea that... Uh, obviously, Neil Young uh, is has removed his music from Spotify, or Spotify chose to remove it instead of removing Joe Rogan from Spotify. And clearly, that was an obvious decision that they would have made, given how much they've invested in Rogan. But what do you think about this idea that artists don't want to be on platforms with some other artist or some other person that doesn't agree with them? I mean, would would Neil Young be on? Uh, I don't know. Pick a pick a uh, CBS if. Later on CBS, they have a program that talks about any of the things that he disagrees with. I mean, it seems a little harsh. Um, He's an old man and no one cares about him, so it doesn't really matter. But it is childish, uh, um, infantile, typical leftist behavior. If you don't like what Joe Rogan is saying on your same platform, don't listen to him. It's real simple. And you can tell other people you don't like him, you're not going to listen to him. But to say it's him or me is absolutely ridiculous. Um, And I'm glad Spotify chose Neil Young um, because it's a a stupid, uh, be all or nothing type of thing. Um, I can't imagine everyone always agreeing. You know what I mean? On platforms. There's plenty. Look, we're on YouTube and all these other platforms. I guarantee there's lots of people on these platforms we don't agree with. We're not going to ask for them to be removed. Same with Twitter. Same with any social media. Same with your jobs. You have jobs. You're not always going to agree with people, but you don't say, I want that person fired because they don't agree with me. It's stupid. But he thinks he's, I don't know what he thinks he is. But in most, I can tell you right now, most Gen X or Gen Zers probably never even heard of him. Most Gen Xers don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a bit of a, I guess he's considered a rock legend. I'm sure he's in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if that means anything. I know that he is with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Uh, you know, he's, he's a bit of an icon musician, but I don't think he's so important that someone like, a company like Spotify Brit is going to look at their catalog and say, oh, we're going to now start uh, being held hostage by the artists that we include in our in our lineup, particularly when they're asking us to remove somebody who we invested $100 million in, who brings us, what, $40 million? How many downloads a month? $200 million? I don't know what it is. 60, 60, 60 million a month? Uh, it's, a, it's 11 to $15 million a show. Okay. Whatever that works out to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You know, how does it, how would a, how could a company like Spotify actually give in to those demands in any kind of real world? Like, I don't think they could. Well, I mean, if someone big enough came along and said that was costing Spotify more than Rogan was bringing in, then yeah, I could see them maybe thinking about buckling. But you know, if you if you think about though what's going on is Joe Rogan, what he's doing is is actually a pain in the ass to the establishment. And if you look at the so, so say the you're looking at Pfizer, who actually sits on the board of BlackRock. BlackRock actually owns the la- uh, the label that owns the rights to uh, a shit ton of musicians, but particularly Neil Young's. And 
Pfizer's freaking out because Joe Rogan's blowing a hole in their narrative and vaccines, and that's going to affect them with a lot of money. So how can we put pressure on Spotify? Hey, let's start pulling music from them and putting pressure on them. And, you know, it's a weird game that happens at that top level because they all know each other. You know, if you look at all these top big companies, it's probably, what, 2,000 CEOs total throughout the world that are at that level. And they all kind of know each other. They're all at the same parties. They're all – so it's like, hey, Spotify, uh, stop your guy. And Spotify's like, hey, he's making us a lot of money. So now it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, we're going to start pulling music from you because Neil Young still has like 9 million downloads a month or something like that on, on average. I think it was – still listen to his stuff. Yeah. Did I see 4 like, million maybe? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe it was 4 million. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, he's still – so you get, a, you get a big enough catalog that says – puts the pressure to Spotify and it's like, Joe Rogan makes us ten dollars. Uh, we're gonna lose uh, if we if we get rid of him. We'll make eleven dollars, or 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 let we're a dollar ahead, or a million dollars ahead, or a billion dollars ahead. Yeah, let's get rid of Joe Joe Rogan. So it could happen. This is not something that is as out of the realm of possibilities because when it boils down to it, it's just numbers, right, JB? As a businessman, you're just looking at the numbers. Yeah. And now Joe Rogan's a plus. Yeah. Joe but, Rogan becomes a minus. Yeah, but but. Right? Uh, just like the U.S. government always says, we will not negotiate with terrorists. And the reason behind that is you don't negotiate with, with uh, <laughs> give them a win. No, you don't give them a win because then the next terrorist group is going to come along and do the same damn thing. So would you give, acquiesce to an artist who say, who's offering this kind of ultimatum? And if you even if the numbers suggest that, okay, well, we can throw Joe Rogan away, uh, so we'll give in to Neil uh, Young, then what happens when the next artist comes in and says, well— we now we we want you to remove this uh, this this artist this artist and this artist because we don't like their lyrics or you got to remove a all of a sudden it becomes a free for all, right, Kimberly? The, no, that's exactly true. When where does it end? That they, they'll end up canceling each other. All the people that were at one point on the same side to cancel this one person, then they're going to start canceling each other, which we already see with this whole cancel culture crap. Um, they can't if they cave. You're exactly right. It's going to follow. It's going to be basically a free-for-all and it's going to keep happening that's why they have to put their foot down and say look you don't like his stuff that's your problem we are reaching a big audience we're trying to be all inclusive of people across different um venues different um cultures variety whatever uh they can't they can't once you cave that's it you're done that's why people have to stand and fight against cancel culture this woke crap when you stand and fight against it, eventually they'll leave you alone. But if you don't, you just keep succumbing and succumbing and succumbing, and then you end up being the one who's canceled. Uh, Britt has some pretty good news for us here. You said that our fourth slept through his whole arm. Is that what happened? He, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say what his excuses are here, but he slept through his alarm, and I said, "Well, we're still scrambling. Can you make it?" He goes, "I just need to pretty my face." Okay. Said, okay. All right. Well, Rob's. Well, we're here. Rob's so. a, or, or Providence is a particular guy. He wants to look right when he gets on camera. We know he has the best camera in the business because he's always got the yes. cleanest, sharpest picture. So I can respect that. Uh, moving on to the next uh, topic, while we wait uh, for uh, Providence to come in, uh, Joe Biden spoke in Pittsburgh today. He's been to Pittsburgh three times since he was inaugurated. I think that's the total. He seems very comfortable there. He knows it's uh -oh. a... Now we have another problem. Oh, what Trish now? just responded with, she's on her way. Who did? So, she, so Trish might... Trish. Oh, okay. Well, you're, you're going to need to handle that and make sure only one of them, because I don't want to get one and then have one cancel the other. So you go, you figure it out. I, um, I'm, I'm, 
Anyway, in the meantime, uh, Joe Biden uh, seems very comfortable, Kimberly, in in Pittsburgh. It's a union town. Obviously, every time he gives any kind of talk about the economy, one of the lines he uses is the economy. This this country was built by the middle class, and the middle class was built by unions. Uh, He's obviously a very pro-union individual, and he knows when he talks to a union crowd, he generally has friendly ears and uh, and faces to talk to. Uh, I found it pretty interesting, though, this this talk he gave, and we've talked about it here the other night last week when he get, when he did the press conference he seemed had more energy than normal we all speculate that he's clearly getting some kind of medical assistance for that some kind of pharmaceutical assistance to uh, give him the energy and stamina to handle the two-hour press conference and then every other time he speaks he's 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 low energy kind of disjointed not able to finish sentences and talking about very weird things and he started this speech by talking about a couple really weird things we lived, i lived in north washington avenue you notice they changed the end of the road name it's the joe biden way now you know no really you see that I mean, can you picture like your your grandfather, uh, Britt, doing that? I mean, you know, they, they they named it after the Joe Biden way, and then this really weird looking smile. I mean, he he really needs to be sitting in a rocking chair telling that story. What is up with the smile? I mean, legit. What is up with that? That that's not that's not a normal smile. That's a that's a um. I don't even know what to call it. It freaks me out. It, it kind of reminds me of the clown in it. <laughs> uh, looking up through the through the grate, um, it, it, it screams. I, I, I you know, uh, he doesn't do braggadocious very well. At least when Trump bragged about himself, it was confident, and it was it was very forceful bragging, and it made sense. This is weird. Everything about everything about this timeline is weird. Our president is weird. Our vice president is weird. This whole vaccine mandate pushing. Government authoritarian is weird. The the world is weird. The stuff going on in Australia is weird. This thing with the Ukraine conversation with the president over there and our president, uh, they're arguing. They're not arguing. Joe's way off in left field. No, he's not. It's weird. Now we have Russia coming out on TV saying, we don't want war with the Ukraine. We just not what we're after. Everything is weird right now. and I don't know what this leads to, but I think it's going to be weird. <laughs> prophetic words from Brit. By the way, before I continue with the next clip here, I just want to go around the panel. Welcome, Trish, by the way. Uh, I want to go around the panel. Is it, do you think it's the Ukraine or is it Ukraine? Trish, is it Ukraine or Ukraine? It's it's Ukraine. Ukraine. Kimberly, is it the Ukraine or is it Ukraine? Crap, I had it from, from Ukraine and now I can't remember how he said it. <laughs> I think. How do you say it? Oh, God. Ukraine. Ukraine. Brett, you is it the Ukraine or is it Ukraine? Why the hell are you asking me? Works <laughs> in my second language. I just right. make it up as I go. Yeah, you do. I would go with what did I just rant about? The Ukraine. I would the say the Ukraine. Ukraine. The yeah, president yeah. over in the Ukraine. The I would Ukraine. say the, the Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. All right. Next clip from uh, Biden is he's kind of doing exactly the same thing he did in the first clip. They now the entrance to go get to Scranton off eighty one is the Joe Biden Expressway. So he first five minutes of this speech, he's talking about the roads they've named after him, Trish. Uh, I mean, I guess you can be proud of that. You're, you know, supposedly he's a hometown Scranton boy and they're naming roads after him. Uh, something, uh, I guess, it's, is that important to the American people, you think? 
Uh, no. So you're telling me it's a road that winds around needlessly, goes nowhere, but ends up at an ice cream shop. Okay. <laughs> great. There we go. Okay. So great. So I, I know not to get on the Joe Biden expressway because I will end up nowhere. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. No, this whole idea of like, we have to have the, oh, they've named a road after me. Well, big fucking deal. Like, could you like do something for the American people? Because inflation's going up. My house insurance just went up 25%. Uh, so the money I'm earning isn't getting me as far and all my bills are going up. Gas prices are going up. Grocery prices are going up. So I really don't freaking care if they named a road after you, Joe. You're in charge now. Fix the problems because uh, we Americans need some help. A couple quick comments. Uh, thank you to Elfspark in our uh, Foxhole chat for the contribution of a cookie. Thank you so much. Uh, Elfspark says, why not? And what not? What not? What not? Um, and also to answer Sergeant Peterson in the Foxhole chat, uh, Sergeant Peterson wants to know how we keep track of all the chats in all the different platforms. Not very well is not the easy. answer. <laughs> it's, we don't do a very good job of it. Uh, Kimberly, uh, as per usual, Biden uh, spent a good chunk of this speech trying to convince us he's doing a wonderful job with things like this. We learned this week after my first year as president, the United States had the fastest economic growth in nearly four decades. Do the American people buy that? I mean, anybody with any real common sense understands that the U.S. economy was shut down in 2020. It was shut down. And all you had to do was turn the switch back on to see a curve go from like this to like this. That has nothing to do with Biden's performance. I don't know how anyone in the audience didn't yet scream out bullshit because that's what it is. They... Regular Americans know. Regular Americans understand. You can see that on, on social media and other areas. Regular Americans understand that him and his entire administration are full of shit. They know that everything was shut down. And of course, when you allow businesses to open back up, of course, it's going to look better. That's, that's how it works. When you shut everything down and make people lose their jobs and go on unemployment from a year or more that's what happens um regular people understand this and they're speaking out about it and they know it's crap and i just want to say that first video you showed the way he did his eyes like ah, like crazy eyes he has crazy eyes because he's insane he doesn't even know what the hell he's saying or where he is he just reads off a teleprompter and then throws in stuff every once in a while that's why he makes zero sense yeah, crazy. I, look, when you look at it, it looks like there's a, just a hint of consciousness there. Not a lot, just a hint. Uh, here's another uh, effort to brag about the job he's doing with the economy. Along with the greatest year of job growth in American history, 6.4 million jobs created in one year. All right, Britt, um, it's the same thing here. You know, the American people are not that so stupid that they don't recognize that when you close every business down and everybody goes home and collects unemployment for basically a whole year, that when you turn the switch back on, it's going to it's going to you know technically be job growth, I guess. But it's just people going back to the jobs they had a year prior. Yeah, he's uh, grasping. I mean, his polls, I, I just saw one in Georgia, I want to say it is. It's like in the low 30s again, or, or uh, it's down to the low 30s. Um, he's not doing so well and he's grasping at anything. So we're going to, we're going to brag about numbers that really don't mean anything. And we're going to start a war with Russia, uh, to make me feel better about myself. 
because it's all about me. That's that's how it works in the president. It's all about me. And he's a selfish bastard, been that all of his life. You look at his entire political career. All he's done is enriched himself, his family, and his friends and has put the screws to all of us working class people. That man, Lunchbox Joe, who came from Scranton, figured out how to screw us blue-collar people every chance he got. There was not a grift he wouldn't take. There was not a factory he wouldn't sell overseas. There was not a job he would ship somewhere else if it put money in his pocket or his family's pocket or if it allowed his son to fart art on paper and sell to the Chicoms for a half a million dollars a piece. So, yeah, this man is a piece of dog doo-doo um, that, that he's not our friend. He's not the blue-collar man's friend. He's, he's not the union man's friend. I'm sorry, Mr. All you union people. Trump was your man. He was bringing factories back so we had good-paying union jobs with great benefits. When was the last time the Democrats did that for you? When was the last time the Democrats brought back a good-paying factory job? They haven't. Wake up. Yeah, I haven't read uh, red-handed the book, uh, Schweitzer's book, where he talks about how the Bidens profited from their business, their Chinese business dealings. But you can be sure a lot of that had to do had uh, had something to do with selling out American workers. I promise you that's part of it. All right, let's move on here. Uh, in this case, this is not a particularly important cut, but he's he's in Pittsburgh talking about the infrastructure bill. This is part of his I got to get out and tell people how wonderful wonderful I am tour. And Pittsburgh obviously just had I think last night a bridge collapse, so it was a very uh, I guess appropriate time for him to be talking about this stuff. And he named Mitch Landrieu, the former mayor of New Orleans, Trish, the person to oversee the, the distribution of this money, this 1.2 billion or trillion dollars. Well, you'd think he'd remember the guy's name. We all remember last fall when Hurricane Ida made landfall and, and he's running my operation now. And the, the former mayor of Louisiana, uh, when it hit Louisiana. The former mayor of Louisiana. I didn't realize Louisiana had a mayor, but apparently they do. Uh, you know, that was one of those, he just kind of loses lucidity for a moment there. Moments, Trish. Yeah, he, listen... He, he doesn't he, he can't pronounce half the people's names who he introduces to begin with. He can't remember who they are because he, do, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He literally has no idea what the hell is going on because he doesn't bother to talk to these people because, you know, it's not him making all these phone calls and having all these meetings. And it's his aides. It's his he's not doing any of this crap. And and honestly, sure. the fact that he would talk about New or I mean, New Orleans of all places, the former. Uh, Let's look at New Orleans history with rebuilding after hurricanes. Shall we? Right. Because that's the guy you put in charge. Right. Oh, great. We're totally screwed. You know, they, we're never going to get this stuff out. And at the infrastructure bill, great. That The majority of it doesn't have anything to do with infrastructure. Fabulous. That's not going to fix the bridges. This is, this is all just crap. This is, this is, states are already having infrastructure issues. They're the ones who have always dealt with the infrastructure. This has never been a federal thing. And the fact that he's now going to try and take credit for it is just crap. Well, that's what I've been saying too, Kimberly, that these, the, the, where is all the money that we've been paying in taxes or for our, on our toll roads? I mean, I know my uh, easy pass bill keeps going up and up and up. Uh, you know, where's all that money going? The, the money that, uh, that's, that's collected at the state, at the county level that goes to the county highway fund. You know, we have that here. All of that money is supposed to be 
taking care of this stuff? And if it hasn't been, where has it been going? If it hasn't been taking care of this stuff and the federal government needs to come in and spend $1.2 trillion to fix this stuff, where did all that other money go? Let me give you an example in Massachusetts. I wrote a, an article years ago when I still lived in Massachusetts, and there was, you know, we had the mass turnpike and we had tolls every so often on it. The tolls were supposed to go away after a certain amount of years after we paid for everything. Of course they never did. They still exist. Now they're just electronic. They put the people in offices somewhere. There was a toll taker making a hundred grand a year, a hundred grand a year to do a job that a fifth grader could do. Actually, a third grader could probably do it. They might not be tall enough, but a fifth grader could do this job. They were making a hundred grand a year. That's where the money went. The money went to administrative crap, corruption. Mitch Landrew, do you know how corrupt Louisiana politics are? It's super bad there. He's going to be in charge of it. And like Trish said, it's what? A, a small percentage of what the actual infrastructure bill was. No one's going to see crap from this money, but they keep touting it. Real Americans who know how little actual infrastructure is in this bill are pissed. There's our more waste of our trillions of our tax dollars that we all work hard for that they all waste. Kimberly, I want to stay with you on this cut because you and I talked about this cut prior to going live today. This one startled me. I was listening to it, and Joe was basically falling asleep as as the speech wore on. His tone got softer and his quieter. And then all of a sudden, this happened. This is a striking cut. Notice you cannot get that money for the insulin. Your child might die. In addition to your child. It strips you of your dignity, damn it. Can you imagine looking at your child? And you know what they need. And not be able to do it? Kimberly, you see him? Like, he, he, like sh he's like shaking. I mean, it, it's a bizarre behavior. Well, this is, this is actual um, issues if someone has certain mental disabilities diseases like Alzheimer's or, or um, dementia, they can get angry like that for like out, out, out of the blue. So, I mean, it's, it, this isn't the first time he's done it. You've seen him do it before. All of a sudden he's, he's either whispering, which is creepy as fuck, or then he starts yelling and you, exactly your reaction, JV. It's like, well, what's going on? Why, why not all of a sudden, why is he all of a sudden yelling at everybody? Like angry as, like something really catastrophic just happened all of a sudden. It's, it's very strange, and it's just part of his mental deficiency. It Really, that's what it is. He's not out. You know how sometimes you can give a passionate speech? I've given plenty of, of oh, yeah. passionate speeches at, like, two-way rallies and stuff, but it's part of the speech. That, I don't know where the hell that came from. I don't mm. think that was written down anywhere. I think he just pulled it out of his ass. Yeah, it's 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 frightening, bizarre, and concerning all at the same time. Britt, I'm going to, this is a yeah. really short cut. It references something else that Kimberly just mentioned. Comment about it, and then uh, go where you want to go with this. I want every precinct. General Motors. Couple uh, whispers there for you, Britt. I, 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 you know, I, I just, I, I want to, this insulin thing that he got so upset over, does he not realize that when Donald Trump did the prescription executive order and froze prices and did the Fair, fair Nation pricing,
that it like literally cut insulin pricing by 70. It was a huge number. It was like, damn, it's affordable without insurance level. And when he just, when he undid all that, he is the one that caused the price of insulin to go so high that middle class to poor people can't afford it. He did that. His administration did that. He wants to be pissed at somebody. He pissed at himself because he's the one that has blood on his hands. Every poor child and middle-class child that has died because of the lack of insulin is a direct result of his executive action. Therefore, he is a murderer. A murderer. He kills children and then sniffs their hair. I don't know why, but that's what he wants to do. He wants to kill everybody. His administration wants to kill everybody, all of us adults, by not letting us get the monoclonal, monoclonal antibodies. And now they don't want children to have insulin, so he's trying to kill all of us. It's, this all boils back to the Bill Gates, Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates, Bezos, all the rich people's population thinning. So they're just going to start killing us by not giving us medicines. That's what we're after here. He did this to us. Um, now, now going to the, the the infrastructure thing, you guys heard about that bridge that collapsed, right? You brought that up, right, JV, yeah. while I was scrambling? Yep. Did you talk about that? So um, I have the article here. I have the bridge that actually collapsed. <clears throat> what the hell is happening over Sorry. there? Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I got a little I got, I, I got a little, a little frog in the throat. Anyway, here is the Pennsylvania, the bridge. So apparently there are 3,353 bridges in poor conditions in Pennsylvania, Kimberly. But... I, I, I distinctly remember this from 2009, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. Barack Obama, shovel-ready jobs. We got to get this money, $787 billion to go in to repair our infrastructure not too long ago. Where'd that money go, Kimberly? Where'd that money go? Remember who was in charge of that money? Joe fucking Biden, Okay. Joe Biden was in charge of spreading that money out all over the country, and it was an epic failure. Maybe he sent it to Biden, uh, to Hunter Biden with Ukraine or China. Who knows? But they spent all this money, and the only thing I ever saw as a result of that was big signs on the side of the road. This is part of the future uh, re recovery investment. I can't remember what it was. I remember stopping and taking pictures. I'm like, really? That's what we spent money on? Because I never saw anything else from it. But Joe Biden was in charge of that. And it was an epic failure. And that was almost a trillion dollars. And we were all bullshit about it back then. And now they're spending over, what, two? I think it was two trillion. Nothing's going to get done again. I don't know where the money's going. I don't think anyone knows where the money's going because there's no accountability. Oh, wait. I know before they gave money to Solyndra and, and Obama's green buddies, that ended up going bankrupt. But I didn't see massive infrastructure repairs all across the country like they promised because they didn't exist. Right, Trish, you're you're the you're the learned one of the group. You're the one that works in academia. You're the one that's got, well. JV went to college too, but that was a long, long time ago. You're still technically in college because you're teaching the next coming generation. Um, so you should be smarter than all of us because you're freshly in it. Um, can you help us understand where that uh, uh, that uh, $787 billion went and where this $2 trillion went that they're talking about spending? Will it go to the same pocket place? Jerome, politicians, where will it go? It'll, def 
it'll definitely go the same place it goes. I mean, look at look at projects like when they did the big the big the mass the mass pike dig under you know they did the big dig in Boston. Look at that. I mean, this is a prime example of what happens with our tax dollars. Is they put aside a budget for this project. The budget is spent, but it's all on kickbacks to union, you know, heads, to to politicians, to to boards for permits and blah, 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 blah. And everybody gets their cut. And then we go, oh, we don't have enough money to finish the project. We need more. So then the taxpayers have to shell out twice as much money for one project because of so much corruption and crap. And this is the problem with these big, anytime you have big government, you have big problems. And that's the pro we have no accountability for this money. None. The American people never know. We are never made privy to the. Everything should be transparent. You know, there should be like there should be a website that you could log into and that you can keep track in real time of where the government is spending our money and what's what's going where and who's doing what. But no, they never will because that's why we had you know thirty five dollar hammers and seventy five dollar toilet seat covers at the Pentagon because all the money it's being shoveled into all these little slush funds here and there and everywhere and we never know where it goes we just you know hand it over every paycheck we just give them our paycheck can i just can i just say something in 20 2009 there used to be before obama got into office there used to be a website where you could see all the pork that went to every state you could see it you could read it obama got rid of it i used to go through and look at every single one and what project it went for that disappeared. Obama got rid of it. So we've had some transparency before that probably most people didn't know about. They got rid of it. Of course. Of did. course. Of course they did, JV, because they can't let us see it. If they let people like us see it and people who are smart like you in business, you could pick that stuff apart and then really show how stupid they are. Although, JV, even if you were to do that, can we convince enough people to make change? Uh, well, it depends what you mean. I don't think there are many people in America that know how to make change. And I mean that from a dollar. Uh, no, but in seriousness... The Brett, you uh, you might have the better better numbers. What what is going on with Brett over there? Uh, you might have the better you numbers. You made me laugh while I was drinking. But you know, we talked about the big dig. But there's another. There was another uh, project, that's a little more um, contemporary, which is this high speed rail in California that's supposed to connect. Oh, Jesus, what? Uh, I'm not even sure what the it's you know two cities. What L A and San Francisco? I don't even know. San Francisco. No, it's yeah. not even that. No, 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 no. It's Merced to uh, like like uh, Bakersfield. Okay, so it's, like, so it's like two small cities in the center of California. So the state government of California issues a bond. Has there's voters approved the issuance of a bond to pay for this high speed rail for the to the tune of and my numbers might not be exact, but thirty billion dollars, and it was supposed to take ten years or something. And we're going on, um, uh, I don't know, seventeen years or something, and they're looking now at a hundred billion dollars to get the damn thing done. So this is what happens. It. Anytime they tell you it's going to cost X, multiply it by a factor of five, six, up to 10 times, because that's really what it's going to end up costing you if they ever get it done. So this is, this is uh, you know, this is common practice. There's $1.2 trillion in a bill that Pete Buttigieg last night was saying they're going to be able to use this for uh Equity, justice, social justice, equity, uh, climate change, all of the things that were defeated, basically, in the Build Back Better agenda will now be funded by this, quote-unquote, bipartisan infrastructure. And the Republicans that voted for this thing should be ashamed of themselves because we all knew that's how this was going to play out. We all knew, and we told them, and they still did what they did. You know what I find interesting, JV? Well, I guess I'll go around the home with this. This just popped into my head. So, Kimberly, uh, I read an article today that Peter Thiel 
hosted a fundraiser for Cheney's uh, uh, primary opponent. Uh, what's her last name? Hargy? Hargy? Uh, the, the politician that's running against Cheney. Um, I haven't oh, seen I've got her yet. name now. Yeah, she's, uh, well, she's, she's polling better than Cheney. Anyway, he just, ra- he, Peter Thiel, mega, mega Republican donor, just hosted a fundraiser for her at his Florida home uh, to go against Cheney. And he's literally saying, we need to defeat the Democrats and we need to start within the Republican Party first. So that's a huge change. I have been saying this and we've been trying to do it. I know lots of people across this country have been trying to do it at the local state level. It is freaking hard because of the money factor. You get entrenched NH. and I'm talking about NHGOP because that's where I live, but you get entrenched establishment GOP and they will do everything they can to make sure regular Republican or conservative donors don't give money to these newcomers who are actually conservative and would be way better to represent the state. It is really, really hard. It can be done, but it takes a lot of money. That's the, that's the key is the money. Unfortunately, that is the key is the money and grassroots support as well which I think grassroots support at this point is pretty easy to get if you're good, but the money, that's that's the key because it, the establishment on either side of the aisle has massive, massive amounts of cash. I mean, the scumbag reps I have in my state, the Democrats, they already got like a, a few million in their coffers for the next election. So anybody who runs against them has the primary first and then has to bring, get all kinds of money to run against the incumbents. Exactly. So, so Trish, what I found interesting, and I get the, the whole grassroots thing. I mean, the grassroots thing is amazing. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, those type of people, they have proven it can be done. But when all of a sudden you start having the establishment money starting to flip on the Uniparty, which Liz Cheney is part of the Uniparty, Kissinger, even McConnell. Uh, um, Kissinger? Um, uh, McConnell and, uh, uh, Kissinger. Kissinger. Kin- Kinsinger. Um, <laughs> Kissinger. Yeah, him too. Whatever the fuck his name is. Um but when you get when you start getting the big big institutional money starting to change and starting to choose sides, I I thought I think this is a bigger deal than what people are making of it in the press right now. This is a big deal. No, it's it's definitely this America First movement. That's I mean that's really what it is. People are tired of the same old same old. They're tired of the Republicans. They're t- definitely tired of the Democrats. You know that we that's a given. But they're also tired of the the Republicans. Like they're tired of the Mitch McConnells. They're tired, you know, of the, you know, the Kevin McCarthy's who say all these great things, but then never actually do anything because they have no cojones. So we're seeing more and more grassroots America first. We're going to show them, you know, what's going on. And, and, and at that ought to be quite simple in Wyoming and no amount of money can buy a cowboy. I'm sorry. Like it, <laughs> I grew up in Colorado and I can tell you right now, there You've is tried. no amount You've of tried. money. I, <laughs> listen, I, I, I've worked at the rodeos. I know what happens. So I'm just saying, like, there there isn't enough money that that can buy the you know farmer out there, the rancher in Wyoming. There isn't enough money that can buy them because what's most important to them is their land. And these people know they're not going to be able to keep their land if this keeps up any longer. You know, this establishment corruption bullshit. They know they're going to lose everything. So. I it's I think any money and it's Harriet Hageman I think is who's running against Liz Cheney Hageman 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 yeah Hageman um the, all she needs is to just keep doing what she's doing 
because the listen, I still have friends in Colorado, Wyoming. I grew up there. I, I still talk to, I used to go back and visit every year. And I could tell you right now, they freaking hate Liz Cheney in Wyoming, hate her. So oh, couldn't happen to a nicer person. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, it's just sometimes karma works out. And I, so Harriet, just keep it up. You're going to be fine. Just keep right. doing so, what you're doing. So JV in, in the straw poll, Harriet pulled 59 and Cheney pulled 53 in the straw poll a couple of weeks ago, which shocked a lot of people that she was ahead a week ago, I think now, um, which shocked people. But, but the, the big money change, I mean, do you think Thiel is going to, is blazing the trail for others to come in behind him? Other big money people? You start maybe picking a little more aggressive candidates to back, as opposed to the. Well, um, I think it's a bit rhinos. unusual. It's a bit unusual for this big money, quote unquote, to come into primaries to begin with. I mean, that's a little unusual. It's it's usually reserved for general election stuff. And are you sure it was fifty eight to fifty three? I thought Liz Cheney only had like three. I thought so too, but I saw that was a typo. The oh, okay. article that I read corrected it. It was 59 to 53. Okay. Well, and the other thing about this particular race is Liz Cheney isn't your run-of-the-mill rhino. Liz Cheney has actively betrayed the Republican Party, and yes. Adam Kinzinger has done, has done that as well. Those two have done more damage to the Republican Party and its brand and its message than any two Republicans that I can think of in my lifetime. They have done unbelievable amounts of damage and they continue to do it so for them to look for support from republicans like me or in in liz cheney's case the republicans of wyoming she's got a lot of balls to be asking for that support after what she's done and she pretends to be so principled but we know what kind of lies are being told on this J6 commission. We know the fiction that is being woven by those people on that committee. And has she spoken up about any of that? No, she's part of it. She's playing the game. She's part of the narrative to help the Democrats uh, maybe stave off some of the losses in the uh, coming midterms. So she's part of this deception. Can I just... I just want to bring up a point about we're talking about establishment grassroots. Um, years ago, I want to say it was 2010 because I was actually in Alaska. Um, a guy, and I can't remember his name to save my life, ran against Lisa Murkowski in the primary and he won. But then Lisa Murkowski, because she had massive cash, waged a writing campaign and she actually won the election. She probably split, you know, split the vote, getting all these people to vote for her, lied to them about how she is. But that's the kind of shenanigans. Don't ever underestimate the the establishment to harm at the grassroots because they really don't give a shit about any of us either. And I'm not All even a Republican. They, they care about me less. <laughs> exactly. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears here, if that's okay. We're gonna cut over to Georgia and JV. Remember how we were talking? You were talking. We were talking. All of us were talking about the the voter fraud that's coming out in Georgia. Well, they just released, remember we were talking about this, the ballot stuffing in the videos, and they was like, why would you do that on videos? Well, uh, I got video. Uh, they released some video today, so I grabbed it, so we'll play it, and then we'll talk about it. So this is a gentleman walking from his car. He's getting ready to do a selfie with all of his harvested, harvested ballots. Had uh, This is how he had to get paid, and they got anywhere from $10 to $100 a ballot, apparently. And then he just, you know, wads them all up and throws them in the, uh, throws them in the old box there and walks away. And I'm going to let this play out till he walks away so most people can't go, oh, he didn't drop them in there. This is all fake news. 
Now he walks away empty-handed, and that is an official Dropbox right there. You know, just broad daylight, not a care in the world. And then he walks away. Come on, walk away, buddy. So, so Trish, my question is, that's illegal. That is absolutely illegal. That guy right there just committed a felony, just put in God knows how many ballots that should not be counted. They think up to upwards of 120,000. And Trump only lost by 10,000. But what do we do? What do we do? We knew this was happening back then. People said it was happening back then. No one wanted to hear it. But here we are a year and a half, a year and a half later, and nothing we can do about it except sit here in our misery and watching our country go down in flames, knowing that lots of funny business happened and the rifle person is probably not in office. No, and, and part of the problem is is our law, our upper law enforcement, especially at the federal level, are all busy trying to track down, you know, old ladies with juice boxes who were walking around the Capitol building instead of, you know, actual criminals who, you know, and I'm sorry, but we've got to stop this whole if, you know, oh, we'll be lenient, like all these bail jumpers, all these judges who are, I'm sorry, but all these judges who are giving bail to people who then go commit crimes, I'm sorry that judge should go to jail. Because they are now an accessory to that crime. So I'm like, I've just had it with all of it. I'm like, we need to go back to, here's the law. If you break it, this is going to be the punishment. No, no getting out of it. No using daddy's money to buy your way out. None of this. If they have enough information on that guy just from that video right there that they could track him down. They could. They choose not to. Because they don't care. Because they don't care that all this fraud is happening. They don't care. And that's the problem is everything has just gotten too big. It's too crazy. There's too many ways that you can cheat. I mean, look, we, you know, they had that big, the big back in the, back in the eighties and nineties where they showed how you can hack all the voting machines. I was like, so great. So like, oh no, so don't have them hit connect to the internet. So what did they do? Still connect them to the internet. So they all got hacked again. They don't care. They know what's going on and they don't care. It is insane. So Trit or Kimberly. So Kimberly, so Pennsylvania court just ruled today that the uh, all the, the mail-in ballots for the last two years, mail-in ballots last two years, unconstitutional. That entire 2020 election in Pennsylvania was unconstitutional. All ballots that were <clears throat> that were mailed in were illegal ballots. But here we are, a year and a half later. What are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? So what we can we do about it is... We are a joke. Is- we aren't the joke politicians are the joke and the people who spend millions of billions of dollars to get them in office um what we can do is at the state level is pass laws that make ballot mail-in ballots illegal um they we already have absentee ballots in every state they're usually for a reason and you have to often go in person to get them and you can also get them mailed to you and send them in but there's no mail-in ballots like they had during the 2020 election, which was intentional. And they want to keep that going. That's why the scumbags in the White House wanted to pass the the Voting Rights Act. They wanted to make that permanent. They wanted to get rid of voter ID. They wanted to federalize our elections. They wanted to do all of that because they know they got away with it in 2020. They want to continue that because that's the only way these bastards are going to ever win because they're so awful for the country. And regular Americans, working class, poor, middle class, upper class, every freaking American who has half a brain cell to rub together realizes how bad Democrats are and how much they actually hate each and every one of us. You have to do it at the state level. 
the only way you can shore up of of the election laws is at the state level and this is why the biden administration keeps targeting states who did just that after the 2020 election exactly jv comment on any of that take it where you want okay so my question is that video that you showed that guy is his picture up on the fbi website like all of those pictures of people who are uh protesting on january 6th near the capitol is he listed on the website after committing this felony which is a greater attack on democracy than anything anybody on january 6th did is his face on the website or what about the five thousand other people that did this because if i remember the story when we we first talked about this there were something like five thousand two hundred this is a number that sticks in my head five thousand two hundred sixty four people identified or maybe it was drops maybe it was not that many people but that many drops but either way it was enough to change the outcome of an election and it was illegal nobody needs to go any further than that to come to the conclusion that that election is not was not valid so this this whole thing and you know i'm i'm really tired of hearing people say oh there's no evidence of widespread fraud and it's not just people it's the media echoing this over and over and that right there is enough proof to tell you that the election in georgia anyway was fraudulent now every one of those votes could have been a legal voter i don't know and who cast a legal vote i don't know but what I do know is, is it's illegal for one person to take all those ballots to a drop box and drop them in. That's called ballot harvesting. It is illegal in Georgia. It's not illegal in California, by the way, but it's illegal in Georgia. Yep. And then think about the senators that are in office from Georgia that are Democrats. That's that right. Be there. That's exact. Two senators. It changed the whole dynamic of, well, the first two years of the Biden administration uh, in the country. I mean, there's consequences to this stuff. Consequences. Uh, they won. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Black Lives Matter a little bit. Uh, this is a, an interesting story that's developing. It's far worse than I had expected. Now, uh, I think the total number of uh, donations and contributions that Black Lives Matter received after the George Floyd uh, incident was somewhere in the neighborhood of $90 million. That's not a small amount of money. And recently, it was just disclosed that a Canadian branch of Black Lives Matter just purchased an $8.1 million Toronto mansion. Now, to the credit of several of the people who make up the uh, Canadian branch or the Toronto branch of Black Lives Matter, uh, they are the ones that are talking about this, and they are saying this is inappropriate. In fact, several of them resigned from the organization because they're misappropriating funds this way. But it doesn't end there. There's actually a lot more to this story. In fact, in an article here, uh, that uh, this is the Washington Examiner, they, they tried to investigate some of this. They went to the address that Black Lives Matter lists as their tax address. That's the official address, according to the U.S. federal government. They went there, and it's wrong. Um, and there's two board members who still remain on this board, and they won't 
tell anyone who is now controlling the $60 million that remains of that $90 million uh, in uh, Black Lives Matter bank accounts. And when they went to check this out, the reporter, I'm reading this verbatim now, the reporter attempted to request Black Lives Matter's 2020 Form 990, that's a tax filing form, in person at the charity's office in Los Angeles, which the group disclosed as the location, its books, your corporate books, your financial records, a very important address according to the government, are stored in previous filings submitted to the IRS, only to be told by a security guard that there has never been a Black Lives Matter office at the location. Trish, this is a group that corporations and people were sending, obviously, $90 million to, uh, and nobody can account for the money. 30, of a mil- 30 million is missing. 60 million is under the control of who knows what. Their quote-unquote official offices don't really exist. Uh, this is getting worse by the moment. Here is my shocked face. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, act blue is a big joke. It's a big joke. It's just, they're just laundering money and they're doing it through politicians and through political groups. That's all. It's a big grift. And anybody who gave money to the black lives matter movement. Good. I hope that your money is in some bank account in the Caymans and some, you know, some, we got a couple race baiting grifters sitting on the beach, sipping margaritas because you were stupid enough to give them money. I hope all those people went into debt to do that, to give Act Blue money so that they could siphon it to, to the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Like we all know it was a grift. Look at the head of, you know, she had three houses, right? She had the mansion that she bought in LA and she, had, yeah, like, listen, it's, it's just a big grift. I mean, we go back to it's just it's just part of the same big corruption scheme that's running all of our country right now. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And it's it's getting to the boiling point and more and more people are getting more and more upset. I mean, God bless the Canadians. Like, I'm glad that they finally had the guts to show up and and do something. I wish I wish American doctors had as much balls as Canadian truckers because that would be a great thing. But yeah, it's the yeah. grift machine. The grift machine is big and the wheels turn and they keep turning. Trish, uh, the two original founders and board members who uh, I think over, I don't remember exactly when the timing of it was, but it was revealed that they were spending millions of dollars on buying homes and property. They resigned from the board. Uh, They are no longer involved. But if you look at at the original finances of Black Lives Matter, in the year 2020, there was something like, I think the figure is 12, over $12 million paid out in quote unquote professional fees. Which nobody can figure out who was the, who are the professionals receiving these fees at this point. But if you do a little math on your own, start putting two and two together, it starts to become pretty obvious who the quote unquote professionals were. Yes, yeah, Scott Pressler has done more for the black community than Black Lives Matter has ever done. Kimberly, I mean, I'm going to stand on that. Yeah, Kimberly. Also, uh, this Toronto mansion that they paid $8.1 million for was purchased in the summer of 2021. And it wasn't until recently that these Black Lives Matter members came forward about this because they were forced to sign non-disclosure agreements about knowing about this. They were forced under under, under a threat of legal action to not talk about this, Kimberly. Not a surprise. Here's my shocked face, just like Trish. (laughs) Um, Did you notice in that article too? It was a mansion that was formerly owned by the Communist oh, yeah. Party of Canada. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How appropriate. Oh, my God. So the commies are the grifters, right? They get all this money because there's always people, especially Gen 
see, doesn't realize that communism doesn't make everyone equal. It makes some people more equal than others. And that's the, the whole point of this. They're just a bunch of Marxist assholes, right? They get, they have these left leftists saying, hey, hey, you, you're over there. I'll give you some money if you do some shit for me. Burn some houses down, burn some cities down, get all tough, pretend like you're really, you hate this country because there's so much racism and we'll hook you up with lots of cash. You can buy all kinds of stuff you want. That's basically what it is. It's like a back alley deal. Only some people really believe it's a, it's a movement when all it is is people making deals with each other to cause destruction and to harm society and actually harm the black community more than they previously were already harmed. So yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I'm surprised these, these people who probably really believed in the movement didn't come forward sooner, despite the NDA disclosure, because what did they what did they have to lose? I'm glad they came forward though, because like like Trish said, well, that's what you get because anybody with a common sense would have seen what this movement was, but that's what you get. And now maybe more people will, you know, expose them out. Notice they've been relatively silent over the past year. Uh, again, a thank you to Liberty Bells for the uh, contribution of a cookie in the Foxhole chat. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Britt, I'm going to change topics here, uh, but obviously feel free to comment on any of this stuff because this is an interesting story. It affects me at home. But one of the the screaming uh, lines that we heard from the Democrats as they were trying to push through this voting legislation, which was anything but voting rights legislation, was that we needed to end, gerryma end gerrymandering in the country. That was one of the things they said needed to happen, and they were going to create a federal panel of some sorts that would look at uh, congressional districts in states and determine whether or not they were, they were justified or could be accepted every time we did a redistricting. Well, it turns out the Democrats only believe that when it's the Republicans doing it, and we've seen several stories in the past few months about Democrats complaining how aggressive and how wrong uh, the Republicans are in the states they control with this gerrymandering stuff. Well, it turns out in New York State, the Democratic Campaign Committee is endorsing a very aggressive gender, gender, a gerrymandering map, which will only leave New York with three Republican districts. So that... Right now, there are eight Republican districts in New York State, and they're all upstate districts because downstate is completely controlled by Democrats, where New York City is. So they're looking to gerrymander this so five of the eight get district out so that they're controlled by Democrats. That's a pretty aggressive gerrymandering effort. This is my shock face. <laughs> Everybody's got a shocked face. I'm a trendsetter. Uh, you know what's the name of the? It's the name of the game. When you're in power, this is what you get to do. This is the way the rules are set. Um, the Republicans do it. The Democrats do it. We all do. You know, everybody does it. They do what they can. Um, you know, I used to think that uh, that gerrymandering should be illegal and it should be. Remember the old Thomas guys? Everything was a grid. You just lay it out like a grid, and here's how it all works. And this is the people in this particular district. It's a grid, as square as possible, and you got to win them. You got to win them. But then I listened to somebody. Uh, God, I want to say it was a Joe Rogan episode. Some expert in elections and whatnot, and he really, really what articulated a, a case, uh, yeah, a case to what gerrymandering does. And, you know, you do want to make sure that there is representation. And, you know, if you have a, a, a grid that is, you know, 60% one side and 40% the other, that 40% will never have representation. You know? So it's like, hmm, 
Um, I don't know. I just, it feels dirty to me. It just doesn't feel right to me. I don't like it, but it is hypocritical of the Democrats to bitch on one side and then use it on the other side. But that's par for the course. The Republicans do the same thing. It's politics as usual. And I don't, you know, I, I, I wish there was a way that we could just make it, this is, we could just make it to where it's just squared so that there is no funky dragon back districts that, that are, that are really bizarre looking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kimberly. I just want to interject. I don't know if you've ever been bored enough in your lifetime to read the Voting Rights Act that was passed under Clinton. Um, I believe it was under Clinton. They specified that you have to gerrymander in certain cases when it comes to race. They make it so it's, you have to, like you don't have a choice. You have to gerrymander when it comes to certain cases of race in certain areas, well, every area, but you know, depending on, on on what the makeup is of the district. So gerrymandering is illegal per, and it's been held up in courts. It's legal. And our politicians are the one who put that into place and made it legal. Right. And, and, and I think that was for the black community because the Democrats cannot get elected without the black community, 99% of the vote, which is what they seem to get. But again, they also can't let any black people, any black Americans uh, live in Republican districts because they'll do better. And if they, the black people start doing better in Republican districts, that word spreads like wildfire. And then the Democrats that have been running the blue cities for 100 years and keeping the black people as slaves on the plantation within their districts, uh, that, that'll get, they'll get unruly and, and flee the plantation. And then they have no more power. And they can't let that happen. This is my shocked face. Um, <laughs> you know, so so the hypocrisy is on full display. It always is. They screamed for months and, and most loudly in the last few weeks up to the point where they tried to vote on this voting legislation about things like gerrymandering. But they are the uh, most guilty of it. I'm going to change sub, sub, subjects one more time. Let's talk about the price of gas, but let's do it a little bit indirectly. So this is. The price of gas, the price of heating your home, the price of energy everywhere affects everything. And it's the most, probably one of the most direct costs that people face that's increasing. And it's one they generally don't have much flexibility in. They need to stay warm in the winter. They need to drive to work. They need to drive the kids to school, whatever it is. And they don't really have much choice. So they have to pay these costs. And Joe Biden has stood at a podium over and over again, or Jen Psaki has done it over and over again and said the Biden administration is doing what it can to solve high gas prices. And then we have this. A federal judge annulled the a Gulf of Mexico oil auction over climate impact. Trish, at what point do judges get to bring things like climate change into their decisions, which, by the way, no matter what they tell you, is not settled science. At what point do judges get to bring this outside information about things like this and use it to basically void a contract between oil companies and the federal land that they're still, which isn't much, allowed to drill on? This is crazy. They don't. Like we have judges who have who have completely disregarded the letter of law, completely, completely disregarded it. And then, you know, add to that, you know, we have doctors diagnosing people with climate change. What the hell is good? It's like we're living in clown world. I mean, I really feel like that's what it is. We're literally living. I was just reading. 
the Daily Mail had a frontline thing about that, you know, transgender swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania. And that, literally in the headline, it said, her male genitals. <laughs> I was like, what? I can't, uh, what? That doesn't, e no, hers don't have male genitals, dumbasses. So yeah, it's just, we are literally living in some kind of alternate reality now. It's it's just, it's that like, Britt was saying earlier, it's absolutely weird. bizarre. Like it's it's just weird. How, how did we get how did we get to and you know, I know how we got here. And you know what? I I had I hate to say I was part of the problem because I remember back in the 80s and the early 90s when everybody was fighting against gay marriage and they kept saying it's a slippery slope because this is gonna lead to more. It's gonna lead to more perversity and it's gonna lead to more. And I was I was in college and I'm like, oh no, that's not gonna happen. Like, no, this is great, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like, holy shit, they were right. Yep. Oh my God, it's literally just been this huge downward slide. Like, because and I'm, you know, I'm not a Christian, so I'm not gonna espouse, you know, these great like the Bible and all the and that's that's all fine and good for some people. But I'm just saying. We have perverted biology at this point. I'm like, don't even get like on the religious side of it. We have now perverted biology where we believe that men can become women and women become men simply because they think they are. Like that's just that's insanity. We've we've normalized mental illness and it's 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 going to be insane. Uh, Kimberly, a federal judge, going back to the story, invalidated the results of an oil gas lease sale in the Gulf of Mexico that was done on Thursday, saying the Biden administration failed to properly account for the auction's climate change impact. The decision cast uncertainty over the future of U.S. federal offshore drilling. The other thing about this is that the Biden administration had canceled this lease. The Gulf states sued the Biden, Biden administration to get it reinstated. And it's that lawsuit that this, uh, or, and they got it reinstated, and then environmental groups brought this lawsuit, which has, again, reversed the decision. Uh, if anybody is keeping score and wants to know what the real causes of the increase in gas prices to the point where they are now and where they're going to go, because they're going to keep climbing, uh, you don't have to look any further than the Biden administration. This is what happens this is why it's so important about who is running things because these judges that they put into place, that they install, that they nominate, that they pick, they are here for a long time. Luckily, Trump got to put in some judges. I'm not sure how they'll turn out being good or not, but Obama put in a bunch of judges and Biden's just put in a bunch of judges at the federal level. We're going to have to put up with that crap left-wing activist judges who don't give a shit about the constitution a state's constitution or law the rule of law in general for a really long time this is the kind of stuff that over the past couple of decades has been hurting this country and and making insane things like allowing someone with genitalia to be considered the exact same as an actual woman um that th these kind of things have long-lasting ramifications and this is why elections are so important and people don't even realize it's not just the guy in the white house right it's not just him because he's not even really running things it's all the stuff that flows downhill and at your state elections you know it's not every judge is elected we don't elect judges judges in new hampshire right they're nominated so you have to really really pay attention to who's being elected because it can screw us for the rest 
for decades. Britt, the, uh, in addition to everything else we've talked about at the, about this particular deal, it'll result in the um, loss of about $190 million to the federal government uh, from the lease of that land. That's the royalties they would get. The states also get royalties that go to their budgets for it. And uh, a spokesperson, uh, this guy's name is uh, Eric Melito. Uh, he's part of the National Ocean Industries Association, said... Uncertainty around the future of the U.S. federal offshore leasing program may only strengthen the geopolitical influence of higher admittings, meaning uh, countries that are not as clean as the United States when it comes to greenhouse gases, and uh, adversarial nations such as Russia, which we're seeing right now the effect of doing things like this, giving Russia the leverage over Western Europe and us, because we're buying a lot of oil from Russia right now. Yeah, I, I, I the, the short-sightedness of the environmental movement within America is is amazing to me. Um, these factories going overseas, the Russian, the, the oil production going overseas or to other countries, you know, they, they, they don't care about the environment. They're just there to make the ruble. As many rubles as they can or yen or whatever, they don't care about the environment. So if you want, if you want clean, as clean as possible factorying, making stuff, as clean as possible factory? Uh, drilling Wait, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. and factorying, factory? factorying, manufacturing, but, but, but the factories, if you want the clean factories, we've got to have them here in America. You know, you, 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 want, you want your clothes made and the dye just not washed off into the river and sent out to the ocean? It's got to be done in America. Yeah, this shirt I'm wearing from China, six bucks. That's how much I paid for it, six bucks. If it was made in America, it's probably 15 bucks. Okay, but at least I know for that 15 bucks, it's being made econ uh, uh, environmentally friendly, environmentally friendly. You got to pay more for it. So all you people out there that want your cheap plastic crap from China and then you put the little the, the cheap plastic sticker that came from China on your car that says I'm environmentally friendly. Recycle, whatever, you know, uh, stop fracking. You know, you realize that 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 dye that went into that sticker half of it was poisonous and it went out the ocean, right? They just dumped it in the river and so you could put it on your car and feel good about yourself. You know, so you could have a 28 cent sticker as opposed to a dollar 15 sticker made in America where the recycling is done properly. I mean, that's what it's that's what I don't understand. These people that you, if, you, if the environment is everything to you, then you don't want any job, any factory, any drilling, any mining leaving America because we do it as clean as possible anywhere in the world. It'll be done clean here. So they're a bunch of hypocrites and we're get, get, brace yourself for seven, eight dollar a gallon fuel. It's coming. Um, and, and, and I cannot wait until Russia says, oh, uh, Mr. Biden, uh, if you want to keep getting our oil to supplement. Uh, your country, uh, you'll do what we say, just like they're doing to Germany right now with the natural gas and that pipeline going in there. Germany will have no other way to get enough gas into the area to supply their people. Only way is that pipeline that Joe, that Joe Biden greenlit because they scrapped the LNG port that we were going to send our natural gas over there to. So they're going to be at the mercy of Russia. You know, you get one good cold winter and Russia goes, Germany, um, you do this or else. What are they? They don't have a choice. And that's called leverage in the big world. And when mean, ugly, nasty people have the leverage, they use it for their own gain. And that's not good for us.
I usually have, uh, again, using fuel oil here in the Northeast, I usually have bills when they make a delivery of fuel oil somewhere in the neighborhood of $250, $300 per delivery. I just got an $800 delivery of fuel oil. Ah! That, yeah. How long does that last? Uh, three weeks, if I'm lucky. Two weeks. 800 bucks? Oh, my yeah. God. Wait, two weeks, three weeks, what? Yeah, that's it's exactly right. So um, this Turn is real. water heater down. <laughs> this is real. This is real, and this is really affecting people. I don't have anything else, Britt. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to go around with. Your call. Um, I just have I have one thing, kind of fun. Okay. Um, you know our friend our friend Brad started a uh, started a uh, petition drive to get out Anthony Fauci on live TV to debate with any opposing doctor, which I did sign this. It's now up to a couple thousand, but I. But, but I have a serious question, and I'll, uh, we'll just go around the horn. Kimberly, why, why, why do we as a people not expect our fucking doctors that we pay, our bureaucrats at the CDC, NHIC, and all that other stuff, why do we not expect them to have to debate experts that have opposing opposing views? Why do they get to say, no, it's my way or the highway? Because they are put on a pedestal as the experts for the entire country regardless of if the science disagrees with them or other experts disagree with them look the covid cult has become the same as the climate cult that's it's the exact same thing there's going to be a whole i mean look at all the money these people are making off of covid they don't have to debate because no one makes them they're not held accountable for their actions, as we've seen. Fauci should be on trial for crimes against humanity. They don't have to be accountable for the money they spend. Um, they don't have to be accountable for, again, debating, because they are put on pedestals as the experts for the entire country. So they are the end-all, be-all. That's it. They're the last word. They're the first and the last word. You have to take what they say, and that's it. It's, it's our fault. Frish. It is. Yeah. It is, Trish. Um, I mean, academia is about debate, right? And discussing ideas and research and then going back and rehashing it out. And science is the same way. Not anymore. Why do we stop? When it comes to, well, yeah, why? Why do we stop now? What happened? Where did I miss? How did we end up in well, this fucking tailspin? Back in the 80s, there was a Marxist infiltration of just a few fields of study. I think anthropology was one of them, sociology. Um, and that Marxist ideology quickly spread, and that's how you get to where we are now, where there is no thought, there is no debate. D Anthony Fauci is the science, and if you speak anti to him, then you are anti-science. And it's like, no, science is constantly about, is about questioning and probing, and it's the fact that people are now saying, oh, you can't ask questions. Bullshit. That's what science is all about. And anybody who says that's you're being anti-science, if you ask questions, no. They are being a branch COVIDian, and I'm I'm really tired of this whole like with their little Fauci dolls and putting them up in their little their like Catholics candles next to the mantle, praying to their God Fauci with their five masks on, you know, while they live inside a plastic bubble. Like these people are insane. There is no other word for it. They are absolutely insane. Fauci is not the science. Fauci is a bureaucrat who has done nothing but collect a paycheck. He's never he's never actually had a real job as a doctor. The minute he got out of med school, nope. 
He was working in research. He's and he's worked at the NIH his entire career. He's a bureaucrat. He's not a doctor. And we need to stop calling him Dr. Fauci just because he has an MD. That's bullshit. He's no like yeah. I don't mean to brag, but he's I have the a, same also- medical degree that Bill Gates has. And I'm telling you right now, Anthony Fauci's a hack. <laughs> yeah, there he is. And he also hates animals because he tortures them for fun. JV, yeah, whatever you want to say, take us out, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, it's Friday night, and uh, I think it's a good time to call it so that we can all go and not be so angry for the rest of the weekend. Because generally, I get angry when we talk about this stuff. Uh, Thanks to everybody for joining us all over the place. I did see Providence. uh, Releasing the scratchers showed up in the YouTube chat, (laughs) so (laughs) we'll have to get him on another time. Trish, thanks for jumping in. Not just last second; it was actually past last second. It was actually into the show. I was in bed because I have to work tomorrow, and I'm like, oh, damn it. I should have checked my messages before <laughs> I went to bed. And I'm like, all right, I can get up and come yeah. back on. Well, thanks for doing this, that. This is, this is how much I love you. I'm giving up sleep. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. I have to work tomorrow. Oh, thank you. It's a drag to only have three boxes filled. We need four for this show to make it flow the way it needs to flow. Well, and, and who wouldn't? Now we have my shocked face. That's our new trend. Yeah. Yes. We've got the shocked face. Kimberly, good to see you as always. Thank you. Hope you have a great weekend as well. Britt, what do we need people to do? Smash that like button. Send us piles of gold. Um, and, uh, yeah, follow us on the various platforms, especially if you're on YouTube. We won't be there long. Make sure you have a backup. Uh, Foxhole, Rumble, Gitter, uh, DLive, Twitch. Uh, but ideally, we would like to start funneling people to one location. So, ideally, uh, uh, Gitter would be great. Uh, Rumble would be great. And Foxhole would be great. That's three locations. But that's less than we have. So, that's a start, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thanks. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes they don't start right. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you being here. We'll have the weekend review playing during the course of the weekend in case you the missed any. The whole thing is a disgrace. In case you missed any of the shows from the week. And we will catch you live on Monday night. Mm-hmm.